I'm Patrick Bedevi, host of ITM, and today I'm sitting down with Brandon Curry, the 2019 Mr. Olympia winner in bodybuilding. We have a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, he responded to what Dorian Yates had to say in an interview with me. And on top of that, we talked about his relationship with Phil Heath. He talked about steroids, PED, and a lot of other things. Zero filters. He was willing to talk about anything. So if you're in the fitness and the bodybuilding world, you're going to love today's interview. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce to you the 2019 Mr. Olympia, Brandon Curry. Brandon, thanks for coming out. Hey, it's a pleasure, man. A pleasure to be here, definitely. It's good to have you here. And one of the things I got to tell you, you just had a birthday. You're October 19th. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes? yes, sir. So you're, you're 30, uh, 37 now. Yes, sir. And I'm October 18th. So oh, we're a day apart. Wow. Yeah, so I turned 41, you turned 37. What happened uh, related to you? Yeah, we're, we're, we're somehow, some way connected based on our uh, month we're born. Yes, they were born. Exactly. And, you know, extreme studies have been done to prove that October babies are the best human beings in the world. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. I will. I've I, I never read those studies, but I, I can agree with it's, you on uh, it's, I've never read them as well, but I, I would like to believe they exist. <laughs> okay, so, so let's get right into it. You know, a couple things when I look at um, your uh, uh, personality and I see how you are, and you, know, you go a little bit into your story and you're watching yourself and some of the transitions you've made from who you were to where you are today, you, you, you seem more reserved than a lot of the competitors out there. You kind of seem to yourself, you kind of seem quiet, you kind of seem the guy that's uh, uh, even a possible introvert. Would you categorize yourself as somebody that is an introvert or no? I'm not a complete introvert, but I can play one very well. Which one are you more than? Oh, uh, let's comfortable see. kind of being like, like if, if I, we were... I, I weigh, I, I typically weigh my scene, weigh the scene out. And uh, that kind of dictates what I, where I go as far as being introverted or extroverted. The more comfortable I am with people, the more extroverted, of course, I become. Uh, but the this, this situation is, is pretty much dictates. But I like to observe and watch, uh, like the people watch a lot. So that's probably what keeps me you know, quiet, because I'm thinking to myself, I'm analyzing things. So you're observant is yes, what you are. Exactly. Okay, got exactly. it. Okay. So if we were in high school together, mm -hmm. who, who was Brandon Curry? If we were in high school together. If high school, Brandon Curry was the probably, let's see, uh, the cool guy uh, that, you know, was pretty much friends with everybody, no matter what uh, side of the tracks they may have been from, uh, all groups of people. Uh, I was a pretty good athlete. I really uh, wanted to, wanted to ascribe to be a great athlete and uh, I, w I like to be a leader in that in that sense as well uh, so on the field uh, I was uh, you know I was very very uh, vocal aggressive uh, oh you were and I and, and, and I like to set the stage you know uh, f as far as with the example more than anything uh, because I believe that you know you know people feed off your energy and that's one of the things I loved about the weight room as well uh, in high school back in the weight room it's another thing. Guys weren't serious about training, but I was serious about training. And that seriousness made other, other guys in the gym serious about training. And that kind of changed the dynamic of the weight room as well as the team dynamic as well. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 for me, in high school, I was a good student as well because my parents required it, that of me. But school was easy for me as well, so it wasn't School like, was easy for yeah, you? Yeah, it was easy. It was easy for me. Uh, my, my dad told me the other day, he said, uh, I never see Brandon study for anything. And um, he was telling, talking to someone else, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I didn't, 
I didn't know. I didn't study a lot. My mom was always on me about applying myself because she she said I didn't, you know, I didn't do over the over the expected. You know, I just did enough mm. to be got it to be you know cool with it and not stress over it. So, and uh, I always worked good under pressure as well. A lot of my best projects, a lot of my best work was you know kind of that last minute, you know, putting it all together. Grinding. <laughs> so, were you were you the athlete? Was there uh, uh, an element of you where you were uh, hung out with the tough guys, the bad guys, the athletes, the four GPAs, or were you the one that pretty much got along with everybody? I got. I say I got along with I can everybody. See everybody. Yeah, I everybody. can see that. I can see that. And and what was your favorite subject in high school? You know, one of the favorite subjects I think was geometry. Uh, geometry. Yeah, it was geometry. Everybody hated my geometry teacher. Uh, she was an older Italian lady. I mean, everybody hated her, uh, except me. And uh, I actually, I don't know why I liked her, but I liked her class. And geometry was something um, I was, I just kind of picked up naturally. You know, I was kind of good at it. She liked me for it. And my wife was also in her class, was also a class favorite of hers back in the, in the day as well. So. Oh, so your wife was also in the class with her? Well, yeah, in a different class than I was, but in the same class Got as it. the same teacher. And, Why uh, geometry, though? I mean, did uh, you like the theorems, the CPCTC? What what stuff? I, I just maybe maybe I'm just more visual. I guess that was one of my favorite. So you like subjects. proving like right. theorems and going through them and what's given and what's not. I don't know. I don't know why it connected to me that that much, but I just remember that being a standout subject. Uh, I was a, I was in a business uh, program at the school. I think it was called uh, MBA or whatever it was called, mm. and I was also pretty good at accounting, but I had no interest in it accounting classes as well so my teacher was always encouraging me you should do this you should do that you should do that but I just I couldn't I didn't have an interest in seeing myself in that environment as an accountant would be in a day-to-day so even though I, was, I picked up on it really well mm. it just wasn't something I was I was inter- interested in. if I was your best friend who did I say Brandon's gonna grow up to be XYZ was there something that people said Brandon's gonna grow up to be this or was it unknown well in high school, my wife told me I should grow up to be a bodybuilder. Uh, she th- said that in high school. In high school, yeah. yeah. So after she saw she saw me, I turned a backflip. I think we were at RP Land Hotel uh, doing the Christmas lights lighting, and I turned a backflip somewhere, and she saw my shirt go over my head and it lift up, and she looked at me. She said, "You should be a bodybuilder when you grow up." Of course, at the time, I looked at her and I said, "I don't want to be on stage in a speedo and have oil all over me." You know, I had no interest. But uh, I think it was a year later that I'd actually de- competed in my first bodybuilding contest, and I won the overall, won <laughs> middleweight. I, I, I was with hooked. no plans? Uh, well, yeah, with no real plans. I mean, I, I prepared for that show generally four weeks out. I only did it because uh, a personal trainer was, he kept bugging me about it. He kept asking me, do I want to compete? You know, you should compete, you compete. And, um, and I was just like, no, no, I didn't want to. But I got to thinking about it, I guess, one night after he asked me. I said, I'm in the gym, I'm not playing college football anymore. I might as well do something with my time, you know. It's maybe it's just something I can, you know, I can have some motivation to come in here and push harder. Mm-hmm. So he gave me my diet, showed me how to pose, and um, before you know it, I was on stage, not worried about my posing trunks, but just trying to figure out how to present myself the best I could on stage. And I was, like I said, I won the novice, the middleweight, and overall class, and that, that just hooked me. Is that this one, or this is a different one? Is it hmm. <coughs> that was that one? That this was, was that the one. one. This was, was the first one. one. Yeah. That was that one, yeah. I think it was like 19 years old. 19 there. years old when you yeah. won it. 
Yeah. Now, what do you, what do you think about when you see this yourself now? You know, I say, I say man, I, I, I uh, my perception of myself was was uh, much greater than it would be today. Like I had superior uh, confidence in myself. Like I was, I thought I was way more than I was. I even had forums back in the day that. Uh, would attest to that on the places you, oh, like you were that. very confident here. Yeah, you're very saying. confident. Really? Yeah, yeah, very confident. But were you generally a pretty confident guy? Uh, I think I think I, I was generally confident in most in most areas. Like, but I was also, you know, dealing with high school. You also worry about how people would look at you, would analyze yeah. you. Of course, being growing up. But I think generally. In most most of my cases, I was very very confident, especially if if it was something that I knew I could uh, grasp or excel at. Was mom and dad very much about affirmations to you, Brandon? You can do anything you want to do when you grow up. Were they tough? Was it constantly feeding positivity into you? I think <clears throat> my dad was more of a perfectionist, and uh, he did encourage me to uh, be my best and pursue. But he never directed me in any way, fashion. He just kind of let me do as I as I chose. And um, he he worked all the time, so he worked very very hard, and um, and I saw my dad as a, a very very talented uh, person with a lot of abilities, very good people person, people skills, uh, good good leader, good at management. But I think he kind of sold himself short with what he pursued. He, he was working for somebody, mm. and I felt like he was the type of person that could really really excel. And you know, a lot of people like my dad would follow my dad anywhere. He could excel on his own. He didn't need to be some some company man. And my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom most of my life. And I say she was hard on me, uh, but she probably needed to be because I was uh, a very, very uh, hyperactive uh, child, yeah. You were a hyperactive yeah, child? Yeah, very hyperactive Were child. you shy? Were you ever shy? Were you ever uh, perceived as being shy or no? I don't think I was ever perceived as, as being shy. From the stories I hear, I don't think I was ever perceived. Like, like uh, I, I, I ran into at my party. I had a birthday party recently. And one of the guys I remember back as a childhood is his name is Ken, Ken mm -hmm. White. He worked with my dad. First big guy I ever really seen in public. And these stories I remember because my dad tells me all the time. But he's like, he comes up to the to me and I see him. I go, hey Willie, you know. I called him Willie for whatever reason. He called you Willie. I or called you him. Called him Willie. I called him Willie. Got it. And this is like you know one of the most muscular guys I've ever seen. He showed me some pictures of him. He's still powerlifting to this day. And. Uh, He's, you know, in the, in the Masters, and he's, he's incredible, but he's the first big guy I've seen, and I'm just thinking, i seen this big guy, and, I, and I, personally, I call him out of his name, but I don't know him, and I must have been uh, uh, an interesting child. They uh, diagnosed me with, they didn't have ADD, but hyperactivity. Mm -hmm. uh, they wanted to medicate me as a kid. My parents didn't agree with that. <clears throat> they just felt I should be more active, so they got me in to gymnastics as a kid, so to kind of help with my energy levels. Because apparently, my mom tells me, I have three sons. She said I was all three of them. <laughs> so she said it's payback, you know, I was all three of them. And you know, I was just, I don't know. I, was, I like that. I was, I was high energy, always having to do something outside all the time. Um, yeah, I was, I was a very, very active kid. I had two sisters, younger sisters, and I could only play with them so much before I was in trouble, so. I learned to separate myself because my games that we played and I organized would always end up being some kind of traumatic, crying, um, emotional. <laughs> Are you very creative? Is your brain a very, like, do you go creative imagination? Like, do you like Marvel? Do you like, you know, uh, certain movies that it's all about creativity? Um, 
I, I think I'm more create. I'm I'm more probably more creative uh, internally than uh, actually. I don't I don't necessarily embrace Marvel. I'm not a comic book guy. Uh, I admire those things, but I, I don't really embrace those things. But when it came to like creating activities during dead times or games, you know, I, I would always be able to uh, be able to entertain myself and and and, and entertain others entertain themselves they would say I cheat a lot they said I would always change the rules and uh, I see my sons now when my sons is marvelous and he playing with his little brother he does that too and I think my oldest son Maximus I can catch him doing it too so I can I can see where that you know during these games you kind of play the rule to get the advantage the advantage that uh, you can over whoever you're playing with. Which one's the one that's got the physique that t took the phone away and made that video? Because he's his back is uh, legit. <laughs> Marvelous is uh, the middle, my middle son, okay. and uh, and he's the most into the the bodybuilding. Um, well, I say he's the one that started to be the most into the body. Now my oldest son and my youngest son are kind of they kind of zoned into it a little bit more than they were. But he was the one. Uh, we could find Polaroids. His sister got up. Uh, camera for one of her birthdays and we got Polaroids we found in the house this guy he's maybe three years old maybe him and his brother and he's getting his brother his two-year-old brother mm -hmm. or whatever to take pictures of him and they're posing and he got these little Polaroids wow. that, and I still got them to this day because they're so cute That's crazy yeah so he's always been like that uh, you know he's always been the one to pose and of course his little brother is following him and posing with him but he's the one and he's the one that he wanted to I went to Dexter Jackson's show. He wanted to pose on stage. You know, I wasn't there to guest pose. I was just there to make an appearance, say hi. He's like, he wanted to be on stage, and he's so serious about it. After we got off, he looked at me. He said, Dad, you think I won? And I said, son, that wasn't a competition. That was an exhibition. Nobody won. <laughs> so, so he thought it's yeah, a competition. Yes. So that's a sign of admiration towards their father, by the way. I mean, they're, they're looking at you saying, you know, I want to be like Daddy when I grow up. You know, it's... It's not, uh, when, when you see that, the kid has really uh, got a lot of respect, respect for their pops. Now, in high school, just out of curiosity, what was your GPA in high school? I was pretty close to uh, probably 3.7, 3.8. I'm pretty close to 4.0. 3.7, 3.8. Pretty, pretty close, pretty close. I, I, I'm pretty close to that. I made very, very good grades. Rarely did I make a C or anything like that. So, If you didn't go the bodybuilding route and there was no interest there, who would, uh, who would have uh, Brandon Curry be today at 37? It'd be interesting. It, it had to be something I, I was. I'd be very interested and passionate about. Uh, my, my my mom was of the. She said I could have been an engineer. Uh, you know, she said you know I could have been an architect. You know, she says all these things. But you know, I'm one of those persons, people that if I don't have purpose in something, it's not gonna it's not gonna drive me. You know, I, I like to be. Uh, I like to pursue something that I know, uh, or I feel that you know is my niche. Mm. To pursue, and then I go after it. But if it's if it's not the case, then I, I'm 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 not that I'm not, I may not be that interested. Makes sense. In in the personality uh, 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 category, if you look at, there's the extremely organized folks who you go into the closet, black, 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 gray, 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 white, white, blue, blue, purple, purple. Everything's organized. Socks, shoes. That's the organized folks. Obsessive. Everything's very like they know everything's at. Clean, crystal clean. The T is, is very technical, analytical, numbers, detailed data. I'm missing this part in the triceps. This is not strong. I gotta, I won't see it with my eye, but you'll notice and yeah, we're off over here. We gotta cut this part up. We gotta get the days out, the diet proper, everything's detailed. The action is the super competitive, comes into a room, steals the show. Everybody knows he entered the room, she entered the room as the A. 
And then you have the relationship, which is all about, hey man, I love you, uh, friendship, bonding, harmony, all of that stuff. W- where would you put your lead? Hmm. I was trying to relate to one of those, but I don't know if I can. Um, I'm, I'm not very obsessive compulsive, but when I do organize, even though it's a mess, I know where everything is. Um, it's like me being gone a, a long time and training and coming back home, I put everything where I know so I come home and I come home and I'm, I'm not at home in my own home because my wife and my kids have moved everything around mm. and I haven't been there at habit to put it where I normally would. But it's not necessarily like this conscious organizational thing for me. It's just I have placements. I, I plan maybe plan something to be something where, somewhere convenient when I needed it at all times. So maybe that's, I don't know if that's obsessive compulsive, but that's how I organize. Uh, I don't have to be the guy when I walk into a room that you know everybody has to know I'm in there I kind of I like to not be seen um, uh, more, more or less a lot, a lot of people like I can see my wife walks with me and she's like you know look at this person looking at you look at this person looking at you and I'm like man I must be like a horse with blinders on because I don't, I don't mm. really notice people analyzing me now I may analyze people but I don't notice always people analyzing me in the room and I'm not really on the number type person either, you know, uh, exacts and I'm not, I don't analyze my, my physique with uh, with uh, like the OCD scrutiny as well. I know where I'm where I'm lacking. I know where I can prove, but I'm not the person that's looking in the mirror every day. Like I have people that 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 message me and ask for advice, and I'm like these guys drive themselves crazy because they'll send me pictures and 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 they're always obsessing over this and this little thing and how's this how's this I'm, mm. like, I'm like oh my goodness you know i mean you take this stuff way more seriously than you should it's, it's like you're wasting time uh with stressing over everything when you could be <laughs> when you don't need to i mean it's not your job it's just your hobby you know so uh, i look at those guys and those guys interest me too so i don't know where i fit to be honest i, I don't know where i fit you can tell me maybe yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, just from reading the, the interviews and um, reading a lot about you and seeing what uh, your wife says about you and where you're at, uh, you know, I think your wife said something about the fact that I know my husband, I know my, his strengths, and I know where his areas of improvements are. If he's home, he has to drop off the kids in the morning. He has to be at the practices. He has to be around the family. Seems like family is very important to you and your relationship, guys. So. You know, maybe you're on the relationship side where somebody who takes a liking into you, even a guy that recruited to go to Kuwait, if, if, if you know the person is, uh, has the good intentions for you and you trust them, then you're willing to go out there and be loyal to them. So maybe your first is R, I don't know, but I think there's an analytical side as well. Uh, you know, are you, you and Phil, do you, do you see a lot of commonality with him as well? Because he's also the 3.7 GPA, but he went to Colorado State he was going to be an accountant. That's the direction he was going in. Seems like both of you guys are, you know, he was an athlete. He went basketball. I think you went football. There's some similarities as well in your personalities. There, there is some similarities, but I only notice the differences. Um, I've met Phil uh, before Phil was the big Phil Heath. I remember uh, flipping through the magazines in uh, 2006. Uh, NPC magazine, of course. And just now getting into bodybuilding, I'm seeing this Phil Heath guy. And um, he's got this great physique, and of course he's young, and everybody's talking about him. I'm looking at him. I'm thinking, wow, timing. This guy is coming out right before me. Goodness gracious. 
And not only that, but I had a form name or an emo name that I'd made probably maybe the year before. It's called Brandon's Gifted. And they start calling him The Gift. And it was like, goodness gracious. And he took uh, something that I nicknamed, you know? Um, you know, I was like, man, he took that too. So, you know, had a spotlight on. So I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm making the whole time, I'm, I'm thinking, I just got to catch up to this guy, right? So I get on the, the national level finally, and, uh, and I'm, I'm seen, and everybody takes notice. Uh, one of the people to take notice was his, his coach, uh, Honey Rambaugh. Mm -hmm. So I, I work with Honey. And uh, of course, I guess he saw the talent. So I'm thinking, now I'm working with Phil Heath's coach. This is, I was like, man, this is like not even a, 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 a year ago. I'm looking at him in the magazines, admiring his physique and his success. So then I get to meet him. And um, Phil has a persona, of course, to the public. A lot of people uh, have opinions. But I meet a, a, a shy guy, you know? Uh, You're a shy guy compared no, to I, him? I, I, met, I met a shy guy. You met a shy guy? Yeah. You thought Phil was a shy guy? Yes, when I, when I met him. I met a shy guy. I met a kind of like a, a shy, shy guy. I mean, I, I understand the dynamic a lot of people see him today, but when I met Phil, I, met, I think I met Phil first in Hawaii. And uh, I was uh, my, my wife now. I was out there to help her for a contest. He was guest posing at the event. It was me, Bob Chicarello, Sean Ray there. They introduced mm -hmm. me to Phil Heath. And we're standing there, and I'm like, hey, it's Phil Heath. I'm in school, you know. But in the middle of conversation, he disappears. And I'm thinking, where did he go? I'm like, where did he go? And everybody's like, where did he go? It's like he was kind of shy. And then, uh, of course, when he performed, he was guest posing and everything. He came posed by me and, you know, did his thing. He's performing. But then uh, I got an opportunity to, to uh, you know, see him on several occasions. He's always seemed like he was a little bit shy to me. I don't know why. And then... Um, in my room at the Nationals, when I worked with Honey, he came in my room. His, he's preparing for his pro debut. The biggest he'd ever been, like, biggest he'd ever been. He was like, two, stepped on my scale in the room, he was 270. And, uh, and Honey was like, take your shirt off, take your shirt off, show him what you got. And he's like, no, no, I can't take my shirt off in front of this guy. And I'm thinking, man, you freaking feel he's 270 pounds. I'm, 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 I know I'm getting ready for a contest, but I'm not, nothing, nothing like that. So I always perceive him as this, as this shy guy. Um, you know, and that I was kind of, kind of, you know, we always had camaraderie and friendly, and I respected him, you know, a lot. I mean, he, I respect him a lot. I understand the struggle, what it must be like to be the first uh, social media uh, Olympia champion. I mean, that's a lot of learning uh, that you have to do, trial and error, because nobody had ever done it. Mm. And of course, he made some mistakes, and you know, people criticized him for it. But I, I can't say that I would have handled it any better. I've learned, I've learned from him what not to do. You know, in a sense, but uh, so you know, I respect the guy a lot, but I've always felt like I've been chasing him, and even to this day, you know, I'm the champ. But I go on record; I, I still want to compete head to head against him. Um, oh, you do point. want to compete head to head against I, him? I do. Like you know, I do. So, I mean, I've always wanted to, but I wanted to be ready. And uh, thinking about it last year, thinking he was going to be in the Olympia this year. I was trying to get him to just, just to tell me he was going to be in Olympia at the Arnold because that would have just put me on fire for the Olympia, but it didn't really happen. So uh, he recently showed his uh, abdominals, and I went on record and said, if Phil shows his abdominals, then, he's, he's, then I'll take him seriously about potentially competing. So now I'm, I'm processing this, and I see him show his abdominals thinking, maybe he heard me. And I'm like, okay, 
So now I'm preparing myself to compete against Phil, regardless if he comes to the stage or not. But for me, it's a good thing. It's a good thing he did show up or didn't show up? No, it's a good thing that he, he showed his, his midsection because now I'm in the mindset that he's competing uh, he, or he's planning to compete um, and uh, preferably against me. So You mean 2020? Yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's a good thing for me. So who else would you like to see be in Because, you know, I, and I like the approach you took and what you said because you know how sometimes uh, are you a basketball guy? Are you a sports guy? I, well, you know what? Uh, since I stopped playing college football, I'm not really a sports guy. Anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Zero. So just your game. <laughs> just well, my game. I don't know if you remember when the Rockets won the two championships. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when the Rockets won the two championships? Yeah, the Rockets. It was yeah, two yeah. years when Co when Jordan was gone. Mm -hmm. He was retired. He mm -hmm. stepped away from the game. Mm -hmm. And Barkley, Ewing, you know, uh, Malone, Stockton, uh, Olajuwon, all these guys are like, let's go get a couple right now. Mm -hmm. And it was a dogfight. Reggie Miller, everybody wanted to get the ring because Mike is out, right, right? Right. So those two years, Olajuwon picks up two of them, mm -hmm. Houston Rockets, right? And then Jordan comes back the next year, and then it's, he wins three more mm -hmm. in a row. Mm -hmm. What you just said, if I'm reading into it, because mm -hmm. you, know, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the boxing world, sometimes you got Mayweather would get heat because he never faced off against Pacquiao as prime, and he would, you know, you're saying you want to you want to go up against these guys to see if you got the goodies to compete against them. Is that is that what you're saying? Exactly. For 2020? Exactly. I, I respect uh, Phil, and, and I think he's got a, a crazy physique, and uh, it's nothing that I wanted to see more than to be compared to him in real life, in real time, you know, on stage, uh, you know, bringing 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 my best. And I know if anybody's capable of helping me bring a better uh, or a best, it'd be Phil because I looked up to him. From all this this point, it's like me chasing Dexter Jackson. Finally chased down Dexter Jackson. I was chasing him for years, but you know, now that I've I've beaten him, it's like man, it's crazy. Now, now I need something else to chase. So, um, yeah, I'm still. I guess I'm still hungry. So, are you are you are you kind of campaigning for these guys? You know, for uh, you know, uh, would you like to see a full lineup next year, 2020, uh, of uh, Phil, uh, of Kai? Course. Rami, you know, all the big, you know, even Roden, everybody to be there? Of course, man, of course. Of course I'd like to see it. I think everybody would like to see it. I mean, the bodybuilding community would like to see it. I would like to see it as a fan of bodybuilding and as a, and as a competitive person, I'd like to see it. Then I got a crazy question for you. Mm -hmm. I got a crazy question for you. So this is, uh, uh, obviously this is 2018, mm -hmm. right? Roden beats Phil Heath, mm -hmm. okay? I was in Vegas when this happened, and I spoke to Phil and I had a conversation for a couple hours together. And we look at this, and you read a lot of news afterwards, and you're saying, well, that was really Phil. Phil should have won it. How could Roden win with no triceps? He didn't have any triceps. Is it possible to win without triceps? Well, maybe yes, because there's been other people in the past that have won without biceps, so what's the big deal? Who did you think in 18 should have won Mr. Olympia? Sean. Oh, really? You know, why? Midsection? Not just missing, he won it mentally. Oh, he won it mentally? Yeah, he did. He Elaborate. Won he won it mentally. You could see it, like I was there competitively. Uh, you know, Phil, Phil was at a, I was watching Phil the whole time, analyzing him, and um, he was just trying to prove he had improved where people were criticizing his midsection. And that's, that was really his focus. We noticed that, you know, Phil was, he came a little bit downsized, from the year before. And as things played out, I just sensed Phil was laboring 
and working way harder than he than he should have been. Interesting perspective. On stage, um, it was just like not the typical polished feel that I. And I don't know what he was struggling with, but I've seen Dexter Jackson do that at the Arnold that year as well. And uh, but I seen Phil doing it. And he was just struggling and po holding poses, everything, and just you know, really in presentation in that point, you know, Sean took advantage of that and kind of like embarrassed him. You wouldn't be able to see that by pictures. Pictures don't tell you that story. That's talking about the part where he stands up and he pauses and he looks. Well, at it, it was the, just that was one. That, about that's one of the major examples. Yeah. But it was, it was happening during the whole the whole comparison rounds. Phil laboring, Phil getting into poses slow. Um, you know, Sean just basically showing more stage polish to him and showing that he he mentally was was I guess ready for the title at that point. Yeah, I know Sean has holes in his physiques, but you know we all we're, none of us are perfect, but. I think when it came to be him being judged and compared to Phil, the judges saw that interaction on stage. They saw that dynamic, and they saw Phil kind of f f his confidence fade. And, and you can judge the, the champion on that? <laughs> it's all mental, man. But what, uh, I, what I'm saying is the judgment part. Yeah, well, the, ju the, the, part, judgment, the judgment part. What's going on in your head, I think, uh, can reflect to, to what the judges see of you on stage. I think it's just like that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like that telepathic kind of communication that we, 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 we know exists, but we don't fully understand. We, you against competitors, we, you against the judges. Judge. everything. Because okay. the judges are my mirror. If I'm on stage, the judges are my mirror. Let me ask you, when you're posing, are you looking at them or you're looking at the audience? I'm, I'm doing a little bit of, bit of both. Oh, so you, could be, so, so you could be looking at the judges as well. Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of both. Why, why are you looking at the judges? If I need, if I need to understand what's going on, on stage that I don't see, I'm looking at the judges. Huh. If I want the feedback, if I wanted to know if I if I got the edge, if I want to know, uh, you know, am I favored? I'm looking at the judges. They're telling me everything I need to know. If if the judges are ignoring me, which I've been on stage and that's happened before, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. If they're not into it, if if I don't see them, you know, analyzing things properly, if I'm not seeing uh, any emotional expressions on anybody's face. At any point in time, when I feel like I'm giving something, then uh, then I may be a little worried. Do you feel that? Do you feel that on stage that they're not even looking at you? Oh right? yeah, you you know. You feel that? You know. Okay, so for him, he had the physique to win it. So you're not saying he didn't have the physique to win it. I I, I think you know Phil has a lot a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons that that you would say would. Any weaknesses he have that would that would overshadow, and his conditioning was 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 good too. It wasn't as he's in bad condition. A lot of people say that, but it's kind of like what I understood about Ronnie's ring. You come in, you have an issue. They say, okay, we'll let you have that, but listen, you're gonna have to correct this if you want to win another title. And I kind of feel like Phil was in the same predicament. That's why he was so look. Backstage, like my midsection is good, you know. Trying to confirm that with with everybody, media, everybody looking. Uh, but I don't think once he got on stage, the uh, the posing conditioning he was in, his ability to control to hold it, I don't think that told the proper story. And that's what he was being criticized on. He's being he's being judged against himself. So, so what you are saying, though, I just want to restate this is. That his physique, physique, not meant. You could tell Sean was confident. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. But his physique 
beat Rodin's physique? I won't say, I won't say, I won't say, I won't say that exactly. You won't say his physique beat Rodin's physique? I won't say that exactly, because because it's, it's, the bodybuilding game is interesting. Are you friends with Rodin? Just for I, I am friends with Rodin. Okay, are you friends with Phil Heath as good as I'm friends with fr I'm friends with both of these guys. Okay, and, and so I'm, both of them know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, both. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a combination of things, because when bodybuilding, they judge you against yourself. So everybody's critical of me. You know, my first Olympia, I win. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not 100%. I'm not the uh, mm -hmm. best condition I could be. Well, that, that's a compliment to me, because all I got to do is improve upon myself. You know, for next year, and I'm going to be even more sure, dangerous. Sure. And they say if I came in, yeah, you know, this great champion in the beginning, with, with you know, perf perfection as yeah. they would see it, then where do I go from there? At, you know, if I'm if I'm there already, where do I go from there? If I can win a title and I'm not there already, then it makes me more dangerous. Then if I win a title and I'm so to speak there already and I fall off, if the desire matters, yes, right. of course. And I fall, if I fall yeah. off, you know, yeah. if I if I'm not even, I leave room to be to to be beaten because the bodybuilding is almost about beating yourself as much as it is is beating the competitors. Because not only do you have to when you when this is a champion, not only you have to beat yourself and you have to beat everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's this unsaid thing in bodybuilding that Sean he beat his last appearance clearly. He killed it because he placed fifth that year, that year, right? The year before. Phil, he didn't improve. He didn't improve from the previous. Did he year. need to though to beat Roden? Because you know it's, it's like, it, it, because the, like think about it in the NBA or in sports where they would say, well, you know, uh, sometimes Michael's the same as he was last year. Because of that, let's give the MVP to somebody else. You know, LeBron's the same as he was last year. Because of that, let's give the MVP to somebody else. But LeBron's still the same this year as last year, still better than everybody else, mm -hmm. which means even if Phil comes at the same level as he was last year, it's still better than everybody else on the stage. I, he wasn't at the same level. You don't, you don't agree with that statement? No, he wasn't at the same level. Okay, so, so, so if that's the case, now let's go to the next part. Roden, um, th this is for me, I'm not in your world, and I told this to Phil and I told this to Doreen Yates, and, and we got a lot of other Mr. Olympia folks that are coming on. Uh, here, I think, uh, uh, I don't know who else we have scheduled. I think Ronnie's coming. Ronnie's oh, coming okay. soon. We got a few other that are coming soon. Uh, for me, I look at the brand from the outside. I come from the 90s era when I followed by. I was in the Army. I had everybody's poster on, on the wall. I know you and I said we kind of both come from the 90s side. And I, had a, I remember when Ronnie placed, I think, 15th one, one year. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's got a sick physique. I mean, this guy, if he, you know, the next phase, if he changes it, he can definitely win the whole thing, right? right? Now, I remember El Sombati, I remember Paul Dillette, you had all these guys that were there. And it was hot, it was competitive, it was something we all bought, Mu Muscle Mag, Muscle Media 2000, Flex, you know all those magazines, mm -hmm. you're in the world. And then all of a sudden, similar for me why I'm not turned on by boxing anymore, is a similar thing that happened with, with uh, uh, Mr. Olympia. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to state this, and as a current Mr. Olympia, I'm curious to know what you're going to be saying. I asked a similar question from uh, 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 Dorian and uh, 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 Phil as well, is sometimes when politics gets involved mm -hmm. in a sport, mm -hmm. it turns people off. Mm -hmm. And it goes away from the love of the game to who really won this boxing match? Mm -hmm. Who won it? Did De La Hoya win it or the other guy win it? Did, did Canelo win it or Triple G win it? Did Mayweather win it or what is going on over here, mm -hmm. right, when you're looking at these fights? Um, what do you think about the decision the Mr. Olympia brand made to tell uh, Sean you cannot compete in 2019, even though it's in trial, they don't know any of the information yet. Do you think that's the right decision to make? Mm. 
for me, from his perspective, no. From a business perspective, oh, that's a hard one. Because, you know, as a business, as a brand, um, you know, whatever happens with this, is, is, you know, it's going to reflect on you at some point. Now, you either deal with that situation ahead of time or you deal with it later. It's one or the other. Uh, so I think they just chose to deal with it ahead of time before anything was possibly out to, you know, cause, you know, they just wanted to kill it before it got started, which I can understand. Uh, for Sean, I, of course, I, I think he should have got the benefit of the doubt and uh, they should have, you know, been, been patient enough to allow him to go through, you know, the trial and whatnot because until then he's innocent and everybody's been even mine. And I, I know Sean personally, and I just don't, I just don't see him being guilty. In my opinion, I don't know all the details, but just, sure. just my personal yeah. opinion. Uh, so you know, as a business, <laughs> it's a different story. I, I don't know, I don't know how they made a decision, but they moved swift, swiftly and made it. They said they consulted other, other industries. They said they consulted other industries. Yeah, oh, well, you know. Yeah, of course, because obviously football like, and, Antonio yeah. Brown and you right. got some of these. Other, I get it. Okay, they, so. they, they said they did that. And did that's, they say to you guys publicly? Well, that's, that's what the public, I guess the public, I don't know who, who I don't know who said that. I think it maybe it's Bob Chicarello or someone who's, who made that statement. Or maybe it was in Dan uh, who made that statement. Yeah. But that's was the that was the consensus that they consulted other outside of themselves, and that's the conclusion they came to. Which, if that's what they did, I, that's smart of them. Whether this, this, I agree with the decision or not, that's what they probably should have did: consult someone outside to see if you know what what have they, they made a public statement or has somebody else come out and said, "Yeah, here's who we contacted and here's what we consulted," because. You know, and, and the reason why I'm asking this is the following reason. Are you a movie guy? Do you do you, do you watch movies? <laughs> you know, I, I watch movies. I don't have a movie movie memory. Okay, so there was once a movie done with Warrior. It was called Warrior. I want to say it had Tom Hardy in it. Uh, it had uh, Nick Nolte in it. And uh, I don't know if you know this movie where it's like the MMA fight, and they're gonna guy's gonna put five million dollars to see who's the baddest fighter out there, right? And it's in, it's in Jersey, I think it's in Atlantic City, and the champions end up being the two, the two brothers fighting for five million bucks. It's a movie, right? Okay, what's this movie have to do with my question? Here's my question. The champion today, when you win, they pay you what? $400,000? Mm -hmm. I think that's the number, which is the salary of a president. So mm -hmm. you get paid the same salary as President Trump does, mm -hmm. is what they pay you, $400,000 from Mr. Olympia. Mm -hmm. I think it's underpaid, okay? Mm -hmm. I've been on the record multiple times saying they have to be, they, uh, Mr. Olympia Brands got to do a couple things. Mm -hmm. One of the things they got to do is they got to say, listen, our guys use PED, steroids. Mm -hmm. It's out there. It's no longer the hush-hush. And quite frankly, uh, uh, what pot used to be back in the 90s, or even back, yeah, back in the 90s, smoking weed was like, oh my God, that guy's a drug addict, that guy's this, that guy's that. Look at today. You know, I'm not one that consumes it. I'm not a fan of it. I, I like to stay fresh and I don't want to have my mind being consumed. But guess what? As somebody that politically thinks that to each is his own, you want to use it, go for it. If it affects your body, great. Just don't affect my body and my family. I think if Mr. Olympia came out and said, look, our athletes use, they choose, here's what they're doing. The second thing is the money. Mm -hmm. it, if they don't make the price bigger, the purse bigger for somebody like you agreeing to be away from your wife and 
kids for two years where you're not even seeing them, but once you're going to Brazil, you fly out to Nashville, you see them for 24 hours, and then you're going out to Brazil, and even though you were there, you still found a way to take your kids to school because it matters to you, you're away from your wife for your two years. I mean, professional athletes that do what they do, they go home to their family, maybe they're on a road trip for like seven days, nine days, you're missing out for two years to be in Kuwait, maybe being able to prepare yourself to have your dream become a reality. For $400,000? I don't think so. This is my opinion. I could be full of it. People could say, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Forget about it. Fine. What happens if I'm sitting here saying, you know what, Brandon? I got an idea. Here's what I'm doing. Mm. I'm willing to fund Mr. Whatever, whatever we call it next year, competing against Mr. Olympia during the same weekend as Mr. Olympia. And to compete, you have to agree you cannot compete in Mr. Olympia is what we're saying. Mm. Except our purse is one, first place is million and a half. Second place is million bucks. Third place is $500,000, and it goes from there, mm. okay? Do you think that will create motivation for competitors to say, holy moly, look at the purse here. Mm. Maybe I wanna go fight in a place like this to get the platform. Mm. Or do you think that wouldn't change anything with the competitors saying, no, I'm good, I'll still go to Mr. Olympia. It's a technical question. It, it kind of it will. It depends on um, you know how 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 much the competitors have followed the history of bodybuilding. I mean, the IFBB, of course, has been challenged uh, by some powerful entities. Vince McMahon was one of them, and he did that. He pulled some bodybuilders away, paid them more money. Uh, to Flats, some of those right, guys, right, yep. to compete on on his, on his stage, and you know, and and a lot of guys went. They made a lot of money, but it it just didn't last didn't have the foundation that uh, that the IFBB had. So, you know, it was a scare at first. So it depends on whether those guys really are going to believe it or they or they're going to be made to believe it, if it's going to be believable. Because I what don't think... What does that mean, though? What does it mean, believable? That means these, these, whoever's going to present this, uh, this, this opportunity has got to have all their duggies in line to ensure that these, you know, these athletes are are going to be secure and believe in what they say. Meaning the money? The money. Say the it's most credible. I'm, I'm talking, say it's, say it's the most credible source of money that you know is there. Mm. Let's just say it's 100% credible. Mm. Pick the biggest celebrity today in the marketplace mm. who's got the most followers and everybody respects and trusts this person mm. and they're in shape. They want to put it together. Mm. Pick that person. Everyone knows it's <laughs> legit. Right. And that's the purse. Mm. Does it change the game? It does change the game. Okay. It does change the game for for the for the for, for a lot of people. I think it does, but will they trust it? Is the question. Trust what? The money? Or trust the opportunity? Will they be comfortable enough to say, okay, I'm going to leave this security what I know and try something new? That you know, because we know it's about making money. It's a business. Especially to put your body through. You put well, your body not, through not a lot only, of stuff. Not only for us, but whoever this sure, entity is. of course. Right. Yeah. So if this entity is not able to make the money that they want, the return that they make off this investment that they put in, then they're not, no matter how much they love what they're going to do, they're not going to continue to invest in it as a business person. So... We have to look at it from that end of the spectrum. If they make the return on the investment, they spend all this money, yeah. they have to be able to continue to do this in order to, for it to continue. And that's the question that the athletes are going to have to really ask. So, you know, um, 
We just looked at an office space this morning. It's a big office space, beautiful office space. Obviously, we, we have nearly 30,000 square feet of office space here. We have our employees that work here. We have all this stuff that goes on over here. We need a bigger office space. Mm. 7.45 in the morning, we want to look at this space. Two and a half times as big as this, we would either buy this entire building or you know, be a different structure that we put together. So I go and I look through the office space. I'm like, wow, it's a pretty sick office space. Modernized, it was built in 99, rebuilt and customized in 2015, et cetera, et cetera. And the company that did it was a very well-known magazine company in 99. Mm-hmm. Very, okay? Now in 99, what do you and I do? We buy magazines. You go into the car, magazines. You go into a house, magazine, bathroom, magazines. Everywhere we go, there's mag- we buy magazines. And you and I both know what happened to print. It's gone digital, it's gone away, we're no longer buying magazines like we once used to, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, some of the companies that adapted, they're around competing. Mm-hmm. Those who are not, they're getting killed, mm-hmm. crushed, right? Okay. I feel what happened to the printing business due to digital is happening to Mr. Olympia brand because of social media, okay? Mm-hmm. Some may agree, some may not agree. So, it, it tells me, as a businessman, entrepreneur, investor, as somebody that looks at everything with investments, is this a good investment for me to make 10 years from now? I feel what made Mr. Olympia brand unique was a love of the game with the guy at the top, mm-hmm. okay? There was a storyteller. Mm-hmm. There was a fascination. He would look at you with the stories I would hear. It's like, oh my gosh, Brandon, look at you. What you look like is absolutely incredible, right? They were fascinated by the physique. Mm-hmm. Joe Weider, you obviously know who I'm exactly. talking about. Okay. The, the love of uh, the car Ferrari, uh, for a guy like me to buy Ferraris, is because of Enzo. Enzo would sit there and watch Nicky Lauda, or he would watch these guys race nonstop. So when Ferrari went public a couple years ago and they started coming out with this California car, $200,000 car, some of the enthusiasts says, I don't know if Enzo would have done this. Mm. I don't know if it's the direction they're going. Do you think the brand is losing a little bit of the love of the game that Joe Weider had many, many years ago when he started it? Or do you think it's just a different story today? I think it has lost it a little bit when he when when that turnover happened but I think you know I think the industry's been able to pick up a little ground a little bit more ground since and I think that we should give uh, these new promoters in these positions especially Dan you know Dan is a big fan of the of the of the weeders he's followed him he's made a, a movie that's about important. the story that's important so he you know he, he understands he has a really love for the sport yeah. he wants to see it grow and I think he should be given the opportunity to, you know, he had his first year, which is, was a very successful year for the Olympia. A lot of people didn't think it was going to be a successful year for the Olympia, but when we walked out and looked at that crowd on Saturday night, we got off stage and that's every, what all, everybody was talking about. That's what we were all talking about. We were like, man, this place is packed out. So we were very, very uh, uh, impressed by what they were, the production, what they were able to produce with their first year. So I think if we give these guys the opportunity, to do even more, which I know they're planning and they're organizing to this day. Now, what we say. There is doubt in the marketplace. Well, you know, they are, they're on it now, planning for the next year. Hopefully, yeah. They are, they are. Yeah. I, I know, I know, I know, I know those guys are. And, and some of the guys he has on his team are quite tenacious in business as well. I would like to give them the opportunity to actually see, you know, what they, they're going to be able to produce, what they're going to be able to improve upon. Because they're new, it's, it's a new opportunity. 
Uh, these guys, they come in from a different place. Uh, they have obviously have passion for the sport. They want, they desire to change things. They know it needs to be changed. And um, and I think uh, there's a little pressure on them to do that as well, from other coming from other areas. So I like to give these guys an opportunity to yeah. to you know to do that before I you know before we talk about you know whether. The Olympias is, is on this downward, downward spiral like we've been talking about two, two yeah. years ago or so. So, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I try to put myself in your shoes and their shoes as well, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and uh, you know, there's these statistics. There's one of them that just we pulled up. I did a video on it. 88% of Fortune 500 companies from 1950 are not around. 88% are mm -hmm. not around. That's a crazy statistic. Mm -hmm. Why has it happened? You don't innovate, you get cocky, you think you're gonna be around forever. Oh, we're always gonna be this great. I, I, this was my opinion. I think they mistreated Phil Heath. I think there was a different approach to take with Phil Heath. Here's a guy that sets uh, aside his uh, desire to have kids and do all of that stuff and he goes and commits to his career to wanna build it because he wants to be a nine time, you know, around being an eight time. Mm -hmm. He's trying to be a nine time, maybe the first time that's a 10 time guy to win. And uh, you know, hey, great, here's what happens. All the best. Hopefully you come back next year. This guy won seven, you know, times. You just kind of treat him as a regular Mr. Olympia. He won seven times. So he sacrificed the, the desire to have a kid. You know what it is to have kids. It's a lot of responsibility. And sometimes your kids get sick, you get sick. That sets you back two weeks. And you know what it is when you're hugging your kid and he drools on you. You don't know how you got a flu. You're feeling under the weather. The next thing you're trying to work out, you don't feel the 400% strength. That's a risk you're taking mm -hmm. to have kids when you're bodybuilding. Okay. Then I see you, and I see you become Mr. Olympia, and you're a good citizen. Everyone likes you. You're a class act. Everybody says nothing but good things about you as a human being. You're a great citizen too, Mr. Olympia. Mm -hmm. If Mr. Olympia is watching this, which some tells me they're going to be watching this, okay, mm -hmm. if they are, this would be my game if I'm them. And you don't have to comment on this. I'm just going to say this, and you can say agree, disagree, or say nothing. Okay. You can do whatever you want to do with it. Okay. Say I'm somebody of influence, and I have money and have influence, have the right contacts. You say, Pat, I want to be your right-hand guy. I tell you, this is what you got to do. You say, Pat, I'm willing to do it. I say, Brandon, it's going to take you five years to become who you want to be. Pat, I want to be that. No problem. You go pay the price to be my right-hand guy. It is my responsibility to do whatever I can to have your dreams become a reality. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? You got my contacts. My investors are your investors. What deals you want to do? Let's do them together. You want to start something? Go for it. Hey, you want to go uh, do a cameo in a movie? You want to be in a show? You want to do this? No. My contacts are here. I can get you. You want to write a book? I'll introduce you to Simon & Schuster. You want to go out there and do this part? I got my contacts. We'll take care of you. My attorneys, my accountants are yours, right? I think Mr. Olympia today has the following opportunity to come through and see what they can do for you. Because if they come through and give you what you want, whatever those things may be, and turn you into a rock star in a marketplace to the limits that you're willing to sacrifice where it doesn't affect your preparation for 2020, Mr. Olympia, I think then if I'm in the marketplace and saying, dang, they take care of their first place like that, I want to be that. I don't think they did that with Phil Heath. I think they just kind of had Phil Heath win. Oh, okay, we'll see you again next year. Oh, again, we'll see you next year. Oh, again, we'll see you next year. So that is my biggest concern because if I'm sitting there on a property that if somebody, if on a company that somebody who builds it does it the right way, they can sell it for $600 million. But the way I'm running it right now, I can only sell it for $150 million. I'm better off selling it to somebody for $200 million 
and leaving it up to him to sell it for $600 million. That's the point I'm trying to make. I would, if I, if I was Mr. Olympia and I'm not willing to do the part to promote the hell out of it, to get it to the next level, maybe I'm going to bring a guy that's in the bodybuilding world and who loves exercising. Pick some of the guys in Hollywood, whoever's at the top. Pick, pick a rock, 100 some, some million followers. Sell them 51% of Mr. Olympia. Work some kind of a joint venture. Have them come and run the brand. I guarantee you Mr. Olympia is going to go to a whole different level if a guy like that's promoting it at the top. I guarantee you people out of the woodworks will come to want to compete to be Mr. Olympia because if they do, guess what? Rock's going to get you in another movie that he's doing and you'll get a couple lines. And hey, now you got endorsements. Now you got this stuff. There was a benefit of playing with Chris Paul. You play with Chris Paul, you're doing a State Farm commercial. How many of his teammates did State Farm commercials? All these other guys. So what do you think about that? Well, that's, that's, that looks good. That looks good. That sounds great, you know. Would you like to see Mistral go in that direction? Uh, you know, of course, of course. But some of that, I believe, is, is to our, our responsibility. As an individual, as a bodybuilder myself, how I present myself to the public, the opportunities I choose to accept, the ones I choose not to. You think Weider helped Arnold? Of course. Of course he helped him. But what I mean is like, hey, I partied with these guys last week. I want you to meet Arnold, and I want you to put him in a movie. You but, think Weider did those but things? He, but he helped him, but he also hand-selected him. And he was preferably groomed for what they wanted to sell and to promote. How much of it do you think is on the athlete? How much of it do you think is on the brand to lift up the players? I think, I think as, as a business, it's a 50-50 situation. Okay. I, I'm with that. I'm with that. I agree with that. Some sports trying to go into different countries to play, to pull the other audience for you, and it just kind of makes your contract more because if the league gets bigger, that means you're getting a bigger payday. So if Roger Godell, who wants a $50 million a year salary, but he signed a $10, $20 billion contract with the TV and everybody that owned an NFL team, their network just went up 50%. He's doing his part as a league. That's right. the question. That's the part I'm saying that the guys at the top at Mr. Olympia got to do something for me to say, I want to go compete in Mr. O. Well, you know, they have an advantage over us. Who's they? <laughs> the, the league itself. Mr. Olympia? Exactly. Why, well, the advantage is they know as athletes, we, we're in the sport because we love it. We love it. Exactly. Maybe even other sports, by the way. Maybe even more than other sports. Because the, the pain is actual side effects. There could be actual side effects long-term with bones, with, you know, like football concu concussions. You guys got some stuff. Like, look what happened right now with Flex Wheeler. Mm -hmm. You know, there is some, some stuff that you may pay a price 10, 15, 20 years from now. So uh, if you're willing to put your body through that, i got to protect you. That's just my thoughts. That's, that's a good, that's a good so, place to be. And these discussions, these discussions matter. They're important. Because things don't change without them, right? I hope they're having it, man. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I hope they're having it. So, so to uh, go past this topic here, so you would like to see a full lineup 2020. So if Phil is watching this, Kai is watching this, mm -hmm. if all these guys are watching it, you would like to see a full lineup next year to see how it's going to turn out. Everybody would like to see a full lineup. I would, I would be motivated out of my mind if I knew I was going to be up against a full lineup. Uh, that does set my preparation off for 2020. Me and my coach, we, we we got a lot to prove, man. A lot of people are talking, and we love it. It, it motivates us uh, to get better, and that's what this sport is all about—is getting better. So, it, with that opportunity, I'm gonna try to get better, regardless. But you know, you know, certain things fire you up, and that's just one of those things as an athlete that will fire me up. I look at your deal, man. I look at your physique. Like again, like when I uh, show this to Dorian, I'm like, dude, this is crazy to me. But if all of these guys come back to want to compete, all of them, mm -hmm. what, what do you, your, your technical, I don't see it from your lens. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at it from your lens. How much more can you improve to beat these guys next year, though? Because well, well, let's put it this way. 
I'm, I'm honest with you. My conditioning was better earlier this year at the Arnold. Uh, I, I did have a little bit more size for this show. Me bringing the conditioning that I have for the Arnold, which is one show, prepping for one show. I'm, I'm always, let's see, it's always easier to prep for one show than... That's right. Than multiple shows, especially if the shows, let's say I have to start all over again with my preparation again. If the shows are close, it's like you just kind of stay in range. But if once you have to prep, shut it down, start all over again, the body may act a little different, mm -hmm. a little resistant. Mm -hmm. That's why so few people have won the Arnold and the Olympia in the same year. It's just, it's just harder to do. That's why there's, there's respect, though, right. to do that. It's just harder to yeah. do. So I just know if this one show coming into Olympia, conditioning will not be the factor. I'll be super crisp, super You're fresh. not doing Arnold this year? No, I'm not doing Arnold. Okay. So I'll be super fresh. Got it. So, you know, my body will not be stressed from any other competitions, and I'll be ready, definitely ready to go. And with the improvements I'm, I've been making from year to year, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the prime, what they call a prime right now. It, the improvements are, for me, I feel are inevitable. As long as I keep working hard, putting my work in, the improvements in quality are inevitable. My ass quality, everything is inevitable. Because I'm right, I'm right in the yeah. meat of where we say this bodybuilding sweet spot exactly. is. Exactly. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I know I'm dangerous no matter who comes back. These guys, they got to be, they got to come back with, at their best. And, you know, you know, that's not easy. So if they do, if they come at their best and you come at, at your best, mm -hmm. I'm talking no Arnold Classic, you're not you know Phil's not going to do Arnold Classic mm -hmm. if he comes back, mm -hmm. if he comes back, and all these guys come back with no Arnold Classic, hypothetically, do you think you can beat these guys and win it again next year, 2020? Because that's a big one. Mr. Olympia 2020 will be remembered. I would not, I would not desire this if I didn't think I could, I could win. Okay. All right. I, I just don't want to do this just, just for participation ribbon. Uh, I want the, I want the challenge. I, I want the respect, and I want the responsibility. I respect that a lot. Doing it, you know, that's I, what I want. I respect that a lot. I know you went from 2011, you were eighth, 17, you were eighth, 18, you were fifth, and in 19, you were first, and uh, you went up against uh, 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 William uh, Chopin, Dexter, Dexter, fourth place at 49 years old. To me, it's just insane to look like that at 49 years. And I used to follow this guy 20 years ago, like. You know, uh, so, so, so let's, let's get to our buddy's question here. Now, one of the things I'd want to spend some time on is a little bit of Kuwait before we wrap it up. But comparing, you know, uh, the whole thing about, you, again, you get this in sports, which is like, we know our era of bodybuilders were better than your era of bodybuilders, right? I mean, it's normal. Sometimes it's pride for the older generation to say, you know, I think we are at a better place than yours. But, you know, you look at this. And Dorian, I respect them a lot, but when you look at these two, what do you notice from the 90s to today? I mean, this is obviously where you were competing versus when these guys were competing. What's the biggest difference? Well, the biggest difference from what you see today is today you'll see literally every photo from a show, un unedited, raw. Back then, every photo you saw was out of a magazine, chosen, edited. <laughs> very good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a very good for, point. For, for marketing purposes. Yeah, very good point. So you can't, you can't really, social media has changed the game on how you can even compare the two, to be honest. And photography is way different. You know, they didn't have high definition cameras and, you know, 4K and all that kind of stuff back in the day. You know, they, even, even the way they lit, they lit the stages were different. It's, it's just a completely different animal when you try to compare the two. But I... I'm just happy Dory could be critiquing me. That's 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 an opportunity. It's a champion like him critiquing critiquing me. That's that's just mad respect, and it shows me 
it shows me exactly why he won so many championships. Shows he's still competitive. Yeah, that's the part <laughs> about it. Can you imagine that? So I, I want to play this to you, what he said. Obviously, you've seen this. I want to play this to you, and then I want to read your response. And I'm curious to know what you're going to say when, you know, what you're thinking when you, when you hear him talk about this. Here's what he said. You were at Mr. Olympia this last Monday you went. Do you, how did you feel about the whole contest? Did you, I mean, obviously Brandon Curry won. What did yeah. you think about Brandon Curry as a physique, as a winner? Well, I mean, I respect all the guys up there. They're all doing their best. But if I'm to be honest, and that's, <laughs> that's pretty much normally what I am, I feel the standard of the Mr. Olympia uh, is not what it used to be. The whole thing's diversified. You've got all these different categories and classes and everything, but the Mr. Olympia, the pure bodybuilding itself, um, you had three guys there that, were, you know, I guess they were pretty close. Uh, there was two guys in, in what I would say pretty good shape, you know. They were in, they were in good shape, who, but they're who, quite who small. Were two guys? Yeah, um, William Bonak. Okay, second place. And um, a guy from Iran. Hadi Chopin. Yeah, I don't, couldn't pronounce his name. Uh, very good and in good shape, but they're smaller guys. Mm. They're smaller guys, and so Brandon won it, I believe, because he got more stature. He's bigger. It looks more like a Mr. Olympia, but he wasn't in incredible shape. Um, so I think it was probably one of the weaker, weaker so Mr. Olympias that that we've seen. What do you look at when you look at this? I'm curious, like your eyes. Yeah. Where does it go first, and then where does it go? Because uh, when I look, okay. at, you know, the average person looks at it it's like, oh my gosh, this yeah. guy's a beast. What do you look at? Well, he's got very um, good fullness, good roundness to the muscles, and no really noticeable weak points in that in that pose. But he's lacking deep separation and conditioning that used to be the norm in the Mr. Olympia. The conditioning part. Yeah, the conditioning is, and that was is what's lacking these days. And that was between you and uh, Kevin Lavron as well. Would you agree with that? Where some of the times he would show up pretty full, yeah. but he wasn't yeah, as... Yeah, Kevin had a great physique, right. but he, he, didn't, he wasn't he consistent. Says, you know, at that time, you know, best maybe, sixth place, whatever. And then your response that came out, and I read, I'm like, like the classiest response you could have given, right? I'm reading this, it says, so in a nutshell, it's Dorian being Dorian. Nobody did it harder, stricter, and as hardcore as Dorian. We got one legendary video to prove it. He can have that. I'll just inarguably give it to him. He needs that, it's his legacy. So of course bodybuilders didn't work as hard as he did. Hell yeah, we may rely more on technology or PED. So this makes his way and his era better. Simple as that, you know why? He says so, and some others would agree with them. We know his way made him a champion, and some may say uh, the most badass, hardest working blue collar and grain bodybuilder that's ever lived. He can have that, but this guy right here, referring to himself, is completely different and I'm totally cool with it. I gotta watch a, a, a video just the other day that put Dorian's 1993 versus 2019 Brandon head to head and for pose for pose. I love the comparison and I'm happy to be just who I am as well. I'm sure he can attest to not, how not winning your first Mr. Olympia at 100% on a vacated title makes you more dangerous if you do improve and continue. And, but your, your trainer had a completely different, by the way, this is pure class. Like, you can do a class on how to respond to your competitors. <laughs> when I read this, I'm like, Brandon could run for office, man, the way he responded, right? But your trainer took a different approach. I don't know if you read his approach. He's I didn't read it, but I know my trainer. Yes, Abdul <laughs> Alotabi says, continue smoking that shit you're smoking, waiting for your response. Oh, never mind, you're irrelevant. That's what he says, your trainer. <laughs> now, 
What are your thoughts the first time you saw this and you, you hear him saying that? Well, uh, just like I thought, was, man, that's just so Dorian, right? That's so expected, expected of him. You know, I've seen several interviews with Dorian. It's pretty much the same narrative, no matter no matter who it, who it, who won. Um, he just had a certain way of doing things. He he believed in that. He marketed it. It worked for him, and you know, ev everything else is not is is not not good enough. And that's fine. I mean, that's cool. It doesn't really bother me. Um, <laughs> I can look at I can look at my physique. I can look at the comparisons. And I'm like I said, I'm really happy with what I can bring. I'm very impressed. I was very impressed by Dorian and what he was able to do. Mm. I mean, I respect that guy tremendously. The mindset he had to have. So I don't, I don't, res I don't really expect much different from a champion as competitive as him. Got it. So that to you was normal. When you heard it, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. He yeah. would say something like that. Exactly. But you know what's crazy? Like one of the things that you guys both uh, also have in common. Here's the thing that I noticed that both of you guys have in common. Uh, uh, I asked him a question. I said, what was the advantage that he had over his competitors? He says, I trained in UK, right? away from everybody. Because when you hear there's a party, all this stuff that's going on, and you would get caught up in it, right? And you made a similar move two years ago, where you and your wife are like, babe, here's what I gotta do. If I wanna win, I gotta go do something. And then he came and he recruited you, and you decided to go to Kuwait and train at the gym called Oxygen uh, in a temperature of 118 degrees, dry, it's not humid, and an all-male gym. This is not like a gym you go to, Gold's, where you got men and women and you got ladies doing squats and deadlifts and you're trying to distract yourself with 50 mirrors and somehow, someway, you can't miss the butt or whatever they're doing and you're getting distracted. We're, we're men, so we see how that happens. What are the benefits you had of going to Kuwait and how did that impact your victory in 2019? All right, first benefit, uh, having a coach that is 100% on my side, believes in me 100%. Uh, it's very obvious. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's 100% in my corner, man. Uh, he's my he's my little brother technically. He he always calls me. Uh, he always says he's bigger than me or older than me. But he's my little brother. But he's just tenacious, man. And having that behind you, somebody that supports you in that way, and you're on the same page, you know, you can really just accomplish a whole lot. Almost pretty much anything. Being in Oxygen Gym, where Badabudai has laid out a an incredible place for an atmosphere for bodybuilding. Machines, equipments, everything's picked by him. He's fully invested in, in what he does. Uh, you know, he's even asked my opinion on this and this and that. And uh, I know his passion for it is, is, is crazy and that's why he's so successful at what he does. And I just, I just feel honored that, you know, he could have me be a part of that. And I just, I just want to be able to represent that brand to the best of my abilities as well because, I mean, he don't, he don't have to go out of his way to be able to provide me this opportunity. And he doesn't have to support bodybuilding as an industry as he does by bringing some, some, just this new, this new flavor to bodybuilding, I would say. And then he, in the Middle East, he's created this whole new excitement for the sport as well, and, and all over the Middle East. So everybody's trying to step their game up in the Middle East because of him, trying to compete. So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the convenience of the gym, I live right beside the gym. He has a flat for me right there. I come down the stairs, the elevator, not the stairs, the elevator. I walk, what, just right next door. Going to the gym is right there. Restaurant's there. I can eat what I want. Got a, got a meal sponsor, Eat Smart. They send me my meals every day. All I got to do is text them what, if I ch have any changes. I mean, I go in there, I could train. My free time, I can just rest. 
I can focus on what I what I need to do to recover. What do you do when you rest? I'm just I, I need to take naps. I can catch up with my family. I can I can do some some research. Uh, any form of entertainment I can watch. Uh, I can just even my coach, you know, he picks me up. Let's go eat somewhere. Go eat at health food restaurants, Oxford restaurant, or cheat meal, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, it's I'm one of those people. I guess you could say I don't need to be stimulated at all times. You don't need to be. I don't need to be. I guess I grew up, you know, I'm, I, I grew up with two sisters. But I say it's more like an only child in some forms because I had to stay away from my sisters importantly because I know I would get in trouble if I spent too much time with them because they'd be crying. We'd be playing mm-hmm. a game and they, you know, something's happened. So I spent a lot of time to myself and, and I got used to that growing up as, as the only boy. So me being in this confined area, spending time to myself, all this kind of stuff, it's, it's not a problem for me to be there to focus on what I need to do. Plus, at the back of my mind, it's like I got this opportunity to be away from my family, right? I'm spending all this time away. What am I, why am I going to be here and wasting my time? Like, well, I'm, I need to give this all I got. I need to make sure I am trying to be 100% on every single day because I, if I come back and I don't I don't produce what I need to produce. Brandy's going to say, what happened? Not, I just, I'm, I'm going to feel like I'm a complete f- failure. I'm you a, are? Yeah. I'm going to feel like I'm Got a it. complete, yeah. you know what I mean? I, no, you're not giving these opportunities just to, just to let them, just, say, just to, t- you know, just to not value them. Brandon, you know what what's mean? his incentive? What's, what's their incentive to do this? I mean, it, it, what is it? I mean, they love the sport. They, they they want to I mean they want to represent and show what they show their muscles so to speak what they know what they understand as a coach he wants to he wants to be the best in the world best coach in the world you know he wh- wh- who got him in the bodybuilding why why was he so offended by Dorian because that's the guy who got him to pay attention to bodybuilding he saw Dorian Dorian was his favorite bodybuilder when he, he really was yes and he responds to Dorian like this yes wow because. Dorian got him into the sport. Dorian got him interested in competing. And he still responds to Dorian like this? Hey, because he is tenacious. Competitive, this guy. Psycho competitor. Ten- tenacious. How is he with you? Does he talk shit to you? Does he, like, how does he drive you? Is, is it a, uh, does he, uh, you know when psychologically he's messing with you like uh, certain coaches do? Nah, he doesn't he play any tricks. I've had those tricks played on me. They don't work. Uh, he, uh, it's like, almost like yin and yang. He's fast. I'm more slow, you know. I'm more calm. He's more upbeat. I slow him down. He speeds me up. It's more of that dynamic. So, but he involves me, you know. He he's not a know-it-all. He has a plan. He, he you know he he tells me to trust him. I trust him. After said and done. Why though? Why though? I mean, you've had a lot of trainers, right? What makes him different than everybody else? Because I can I can see he's genuine. Okay. Body who believes. Yeah. When he first met me. He, 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 he told me, he basically he told me how long he's been following me. He met me in like 2010 at the, at the, at the FIBO in Germany. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember that. He remembers it. He's, he was there when, he, when, I, when I did my first Olympia. He seen me on stage. He, 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 he's sitting there asking me what he thinks my best look was because he's, he's questioning whether we agree. Yeah. It's the first time I'm, day I met him. He already had a plan laid out. He's excited. Obviously he has vision. Another thing is he has good eyes, which Meaning. is a key in bodybuilding. Good eyes, a lot of times, you can have a lot of head knowledge. You can, have a, you can be educated. As, mm-hmm. But if you, you don't have vision, if you can't see what's going on, if you can't make the adjustments, 
if you if you don't if you can't tell tell if you can't visually I guess take a snapshot I guess he maybe has he's maybe he has a photographic memory I don't know if you can't tell what's going on from one day to the other just by looking at me and reading my body then I don't care how much you know <laughs> it's not gonna it's can't not gonna teach that. it's not gonna value that. so that's where his talent lies Got it. and and what's special about the gym yeah you hear about the man you the mirror and all this stuff you know but what is what, what is the biggest difference between Oxygen Gym and Gold's Gym, uh, Venice, Santa Monica? Man, it's, it's just, when somebody put, puts love into something, you can tell. When somebody puts passion into something, you can tell. When you, when you put in an environment to where each piece of equipment is hand-selected, he, he don't want the publicity of of anybody copying them, so he removes all the labels off the pieces, so you don't even know who produced the equipment, because he wants everything to be uniform. He don't want to. You don't want to highlight any, any any of those things. He wants to show this is this is his his own idea. He's he's been on these pieces of equipment. He's felt it. He understands how it works. He puts it in the gym to provide the variations you need. So much complexity in the gym. So much you can get done. I mean. We can, it's no way I can go in there and do the same workout every day. You'd be bored because mm -hmm. you got so much to work with. Five-star gym, you got, you got trainers on the floor. If I'm ever in there and need a spot, if I need somebody to go grab me some dumbbells, they'll grab me some dumbbells. 24-hour cleaning staff, those guys are cool. They help you. They take your weights off for you. They wipe everything down for you, whatever you need. They'll go get you some water if you want. I mean, they got the restaurant to serve all your needs downstairs. If, you need, if I need to eat when I'm there, I can just go in there and get it. Massage therapy. If I need to relax in the sauna, zero zero cold tub, or uh, the pool, whatever I need all to do, of all of it. Yeah, he's taking care of all the needs, and uh, and he and he cares about the place. He's he's renovating the one that we go to. Yeah, he's starting a renovation project. This gym is already complete. He's built two in Kuwait since, right? He's starting a renovation project to where he wants to expand the leg room, put the cross CrossFit room in the basement. Yeah, he don't have to do that. He's not gonna lose any members if he don't. He may not even make no more, any more money yeah. just because he did. So it's just it's just his love and his passion for it that, you know, I can agree with. It drives me. You it's, prefer working out there than Gold's? Is it a different kind of an environment, or is Gold's more history to you? You know, if I work out with Gold, work out with Gold's, then I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want necessarily be working out at Gold's out of Charles. Now I had the, the, the opportunity. To training goals recently, two weeks ago, but I trained with Charles and Dex. Charles, first time he's been wanting to train me for years. He's never Charles never trained. Never trained me. First time he's he's, he's been wanting to for years, but asked me. But it's the first time I've been able to connect with Charles and train with him. And that that'd be the the, the dominant reason for me to train Got it. at goals. Would be yeah. for, for, not not for the facility itself, but for who was there. Got and it. it's kind of similar with this. The facility itself is great, but who was there? The energies is there. The brotherhood is there. Everybody's there for one reason. We try to get better as bodybuilders, and we try to do it as a team. You see Rami all the time. You see Winkler. All, are they there? I see Winkler on a regular basis. Rami, of course, is not there anymore. And when Rami was there, he had a little bit of a different schedule than than we did. Got it. But uh, Roly, I see every day. We live on the same floor. Uh, you know, we, we're tight, man. We've been knowing each other for years, so. He's a, he's a, he's another guy that's loved by everybody. Yeah, people, Roley, people Roley. like him a lot, man. I mean, he just seems like a he's a good guy, man. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good fun. He's a good fun loving guy, man. He loves kids. He's like a big kid himself, you know. 
And yeah, you, you uh, can yeah. tell that when you see him. He, he won, uh, did he win 2018 Arnold Classic? He won 2017 uh, or 20? Uh, last year he won uh, Arnold Australia. Arnold Australia, yeah. got it. Arnold Australia. Uh, uh, here, one of the things you say in your response to Doreen is, hell yeah, we may have more rely on technology or PED. How open are you about PED yourself? Well, it's not something that I, I tend to, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a person that educates people in that field because I don't have the background to educate people. Everything I know is due personal experience, and that may not be something that you can just, you know, you can't, I, I'm not like this guy, I like that guy. So, and I don't want, and I'm not one of those guys that depended on that early. I didn't believe, I didn't believe that, that, in that. That's right, you and Ronnie were one of the guys that you yeah. guys naturally competed way, way yeah. past it. Until, until, until being a pro was actually in my reach, um, you know, it was the next level. I, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessary yeah. for me. It wasn't until it became a job. It wasn't necessary. So my thing for for these young guys is, you got to come in and develop your physique completely, as much as you can without, because it's going to benefit you down the road. Mm. The more the, the more you come into the game and you want to come com bring complexity to it, it's gonna it's not gonna make it easier. It's gonna come make it more complicated because you're throwing in more variables, which means that your body has to deal with more variables, which means there's so many other things mm. that can change. Yeah. So until you know the basis, the foundation of how to build muscle how to burn fat, why are you going to overcomplicate this process, which is already complicated, and add another variable that changes the game dynamically, I mean, dramatically, you know? It's, it's, you shouldn't do that. You should learn your body, know that you know how to properly train, know that you know how to properly build muscle, know that you know how to properly incorporate nutrition before you need an advantage. There's no, there's no way you're going to need an advantage before you know how to do that because if you do, if you do it the other way around, you're going to have to learn everything else over and over again once you hit that wall and you reach that level where those PEDs are not going to do anything yeah. for you anymore, except take more, which makes you, would make you more talk and put you at more risk. Yeah. So you're going to have to start all over again and try to learn it right because you learned it wrong. And that's what I tell a lot of guys, especially in certain areas, current cultures, even in, even in the Middle East, some of those guys, they think the first thing they got to do, okay, uh, I'm training now, what, what, what do I got to take? It's like, <laughs> no, that's, that's not the route you want to go. It's you're training now, learn your body, learn, learn, how, learn how you respond. We're all a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Once you learn those things, then you can add a different dynamic that you can play with and complicate it even more. But in your starting, there's no need to complicate this sport. Do you sports. see any need of doing it if you're not gonna be competing professionally? No, you know what I'm saying, no, right? I don't see a reason to uh, unless you aspire to go to a higher level. Right. Or unless you're doing it from some, some kind of anti-aging benefit, you know, for your for your personal health. Sure, absolutely. But yeah. you know, that's the that's really the only reason. If it's not if it's not for competitive Very reasons, logical reasoning you got there. Because you know how sometimes they say you know you go to Kuwait because Kuwait's the place Middle East has the best <laughs> PD, they have the best drugs, way better than U.S. You hear that all the time. Yeah, but it's not really it. true. It's not really true. It's not it's not really true. Maybe a certain latencies that that we don't experience in the mm -hmm. U.S. But you know, you get you get a mixed bag everywhere you go. Everybody, you know, you don't, you know, you, you gotta you gotta have, you know, people that you trust or people that they can source you correctly. You don't because it's fake bullcrap all over the world. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's because there's money in it. At at the level, you know, uh, Dave Palombo talked about the fact that uh, you know when you're going, if you go 12 weeks, you got to take 50 percent of off. You know, six weeks off. You know, 12 weeks on, six weeks off, 12 weeks off, uh, on. 
when you're at the Mr. O level, can you even do that? Or at the Mr. O level, you got to be year-round to be able to compete at the highest level. No, at the, at the Mr. O level, it's just going to depend on your competition schedule. If you compete multiple times a year, you know that's going to that's going to affect got how it. how much you got to be, you know, prepared. But if you're not competing multiple times a year, right. then you can give your body a break. You can schedule those things, and you can pay attention to your health. I mean, back in the day, they criticized us now for. I, I made that statement just because that's what they speculate. They speculate that we do mm. because you know we got new things that a lot of people like these arms and things a lot of people think that's that's all the rage in bodybuilding for us and it's not you know most bodybuilders I know on a professional level we don't really fool a lot with arms we, we may have tried to play with them but we, we know that's not the basis so that's the new newer technology things that people talk about but I know they competed a whole lot more than us back in the day I mean maybe not Dorian because he was Mr. Olympia but all the other guys, they compete a whole lot more than us. So I'm meaning I'm, they use more stuff than uh, they competed a lot. Meaning oh, they compete more tournaments per year. More often. I got it. I so got I, it. you know, I don't. You know, good point. So you, know, you mean you have to be on stuff regularly? Right. Throughout exactly. the year. Yeah, like they talk it. about us like we don't compete enough anymore. But you know, it's like because you know you're not trying to stress our bodies out. I, I've done that. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to compete nine, eight shows yeah. a year. I asked him, you know, Reagan Grimes talked about the fact that, hey, when he was there, it was too much. He wanted to kind of get away from it. And then you're kind of seeing what he said about it. And well, you know, it's, 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 you know, when you, let's just put it this way. When you need a reason, you can find it. That doesn't make it necessarily true. But that's the reason you put there. And, and you put that out there, and that's the reason. And they got to take it as is. That may not be the real reason mm. to those that know, but you know, but people will accept that because that's what they want to believe. Fair enough. It, what do you think about these guys uh, that on YouTube they'll just go out and say, "This is my cycle. Here's what I did. Here's like maybe a Boston Lloyd. Hey, here's uh, the, the the stuff that I'm using. Uh, this is how you cycle." You think it's you think it's also uh, uh, good to go out there and kind of share your cycles on YouTube and encourage young people to get on? Because you're seeing a lot of it. Like, even for myself, I'm seeing 16, 17, 18-year-olds start talking about, hey, I'd like to get on these cycles. What are your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't think it's very responsible, uh, unless, unless you're an expert in you know, endocrinology and all this kind of stuff. Unless you have the background to where you can protect these people. I don't think you should be just throwing out this liberal information as it can be followed. Because, I mean, the bodybuilding, of course, is, and these PD stuff, it's not, it's not cookie cutter. You know, <laughs> what works for one person, just like any other drug, uh, from any other companies, it may not work for you. Just because Viagra is supposed to give you an erection doesn't mean everybody that takes Viagra is going to get an erection. You know, somebody, somebody's going to get those side effects that they put on that commercial. Four and so, hours. And, and somebody's not. Yeah. You know, you know, so you, you, you having these, these kids, maybe unknowingly, with all the information out now, they shouldn't be unknowingly, to be honest. So uh, let me ask you, what, what book you recommend reading? Uh, if I know nothing about it, I don't want to use anything, but I'm thinking about I'm going to go be a bodybuilder. What book should I read to get more educated on PED, steroids, all these things? One of the most complete guides that, I, that I've come across and I actually have is How to Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach by Dr. Scott Stevenson, who is a very, very educated guy. And he, but he's able to take very, very complex information and kind of break it down to where people can, can understand it and in its complex complexities. And he takes a, you know, a very uh, conservative, safe, health-conscious approach from his experience, even 
training, the diet, everything he, he lays out. He even lays out the different differences. So you can have your, your options and variations because he knows everybody's not the same. As soon as you start talk to, to Dr. Scott, he's going to be like, if he don't know something, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know it. But he's going to say, okay, but in this scenario, maybe this is the case. But in this scenario, maybe this is the case. He understands the complexity of what we do in a sport. And he's, he's a very educated man. And he's been around a long time. And he still competes. He's competed recently. I think he competed this year. Uh, he's an am on an amateur level, but he's very educated. And uh, you, when you speak to him, he's, he's going to give you a wealth of information. Very interesting. I like smart people, man, and I, and I follow smart people. Uh, and he's one of those guys that I, I really, really respect his opinion. Uh, you know, along with a lot of other guys, like such as John Meadows and, and, and uh, let's see, Jordan Peterson. There's a lot of good resources out there. Uh, Jordan Peter, You dropped Jordan Peterson in this no, interview? No, 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 not, not the bodybuilding, the bodybuilding world. Oh, a different Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, from the UK. <laughs> you Jordan from Peterson. the UK, bro. From the UK. Not not that guy. I, don't, not that guy. I was going to say, no, no. we went to a whole different conversation. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, for this modern age, these yeah. guys, they don't have books, but yeah. they have actual web subscription sites where you can watch videos, you can contact forums, recommend all those kinds of To get educated before you make it. This is, is going to affect your health, and it's best to know what you're doing before you. I have a friend of mine, math guy, man. Before he does anything, he bought every, one day I went and sat down with him, we're having lunch. He told me all of these things he got about steroids. Then he said, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm like, okay. But I respect the fact that he read every paper from doctors, from this, and he pretty much gave a presentation. I said, good for you for taking that run. And he's always like that about everything he does. Last topic before we get into uh, a couple things here. How's Flex doing? What's, what's the, you know, obviously a lot of people in the bodybuilding world love Flex and admire him. How's his health? Well, well, you know, I saw, I was with Flex two weeks ago at the memorial service of Franco Colombo. And we actually sat, I sat right beside him during the, during the, the service. And, um, and, you know, I could tell someone was weighing on him a little bit, but, you know, he was there trying to enjoy everything uh, at the moment. And, I, you know, I, and I, I've been thinking about it ever since then. And then I hear this, this come out, and I was like, man, this is it's crazy. If it's not one thing, it's another for Flex, you know? And he happened to hit me up yesterday because he realized it was my birthday. And, uh, you know, he checked on me. He wished me happy birthday. I'm like, man, this guy, I'm thinking wow. to myself, I, I, you know, I know he's probably being bombarded, you know, with people questioning what's going on. And he had the, you know, he had, he had the nerve, the, I mean, the, the mindfulness to, to think about me once he figured out it was my birthday, wish me happy birthday. And, I, you know, I just felt honored. But, I, you know, I wish Flex nothing but the best. And I encourage everybody to go out there and support him in, you know, his recovery because I know that's going to be getting back to normalcy is going to be, you know, it's going to be a challenge. Mm -hmm. But he, I know he has the mindset for it. And he, and, he, and he basically said, you know, he's, you know, he's born for this. This is what he's born, he's born for. And he's going to hopefully be able to inspire people, motivate people to do his process. So Much respect to him, man. Yeah, I mean, Much respect I mean, to him. I mean, it's flex, man. It's, it's uh, one of the, you know, when you look up to, you grow up looking to, up, up to guys like that and just admiring them and just thinking how incredible they are. And then they become your friends and, and you, you know, you're able to, <laughs> you know, you know, communicate with them and be friendly with them. He calls me soul brother number one, by the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, cool. it's, just, it's just a crazy, crazy small world when, when those things happen. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an honor. And like I said, I wish, you know, hope nothing but the best for Flex and through this process, man. And I know he's, you know, he's dealing with it, but I know that's that same tenacity that he, he was able to be a champion with you. He'll, he'll pull it out.
A lot of people are rooting for him, man. A lot of, so what we're going to do is we'll put the Instagram account below. Just go follow Flex and give him some love. They saw the, the Brandon Curry. Give him a shout out. It'd be good for him to hear from uh, anybody saying Brandon, give him this kind of love. Uh, top five favorite bodybuilders. Who's your top five? I, I asked uh, uh, everybody. I'm curious to know what you're going to say. Man, that's good. I mean, Flex would have to be one of them. Uh, of course, Ronnie, Lee Haney. In any uh, specific, like who's your at the top? Now, well, let's put them all down and I'll sort okay, them out. Okay, I got it. So Flex, Ronnie, Haney. Uh, Phil Heath. Phil Heath. Uh, let's see, who else? Sergio Olivia. Sergio Olivia. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Is that, is that, is that? That's five. So you're okay. not putting Arnold here. Okay. Well, of course Arnold, but I'm thinking about. Uh, top five. Yeah, of course Arnold. Lee Haney, Lee Haney would be on top for me. Okay. Uh, and then you got Ronnie. Ronnie second. Yeah, wow. Definitely. Eight eight. Yeah, I know Ronnie. Uh, we got uh, we got Arnold. Okay. Phil Flex Sergio. Phil Flex Sergio. So Flex never won. You put him fifth. Yeah. Very interesting. Phil Flex Sergio. So yeah. Haney, Ronnie, Arnold, Phil Flex Sergio. And, th and this has nothing to do with, uh, it has nothing to do with just physique only. Uh, because, you know, I think Haney, he's just a epitome of, of what I think is, you know, a complete man in general, specimen, you know, example, you know, body, strength, you know, just the mentality he has. A businessman, whatever it may be, he just it's just something I could mm. definitely emanate. Mm -hmm. Ronnie, you know, I've known Ronnie, and <laughs> just the hardest working, coolest, coolest, laid back dude, man. I mean, I love Ronnie, man. He's 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 a great guy, and you know, just to see his strength, man, it's incredible. I mean, I, I've been at the table with him eating breakfast, knowing he's in pain, knowing he's uncomfortable, but man, he'll never let you know it. He'll never. He's like, nope, I'm gonna enjoy this just like everybody else. Like, like I'm not going through anything. Yeah. That's something that, man, you just you just can't make that. <laughs> that is so true. You know? Yeah, I can't wait for that. And by the way, you know, Yates also said that about Haney. Mm -hmm. Like Yates said, the guy that I saw mm -hmm. was Haney because he was so disciplined mm -hmm. and he ran his life, his marriage, mm -hmm. everything. It was so, he's almost like the playbook to follow mm -hmm. to have a good career here, mm -hmm. Haney. Uh, have we reached out to Haney yet or no? Maybe we got to reach out to. I don't think we have. We got to. We got to definitely reach out to Lee Haney. Yeah, to. He's a yeah, well, so we'll, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely do that. Uh, uh, last thing here, I'm going to give you a name. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. One word that comes to your mind. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Legacy. Joe Weider. <clears throat> Empire. Phil Heath. Attitude. Wow. Dorian Yates. Tenacious. Abdullah Al Otaibi. <laughs> Tenacious. Tenacious as well. <laughs> I put them in the same <laughs> Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Whoa. You geeked? <laughs> that represents Ronnie right there. Uh, fun, having fun always. Hadi Chopin. Incredible bodybuilder. Very cool. I'm from Iran. He's from Iran. I yeah, mean, very, I, very, very polished. Very, very, very good bodybuilder. You can tell he's he studied the sport definitely. You think he's got a career? Like meaning he's going to keep climbing? Man, if if he can keep coming back, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely set a precedent and a stage. I he's very know. polished, Mike. You you got to be on your A game when you're on stage with mm -hmm. Hadi because mm -hmm. Hadi Hadi understands the advantages of the game. The game he knows how to play the stage game. A lot of those guys weren't aware of Hadi in that way. They didn't study him. But I, fortunately, I did. 
but yeah, he's he's a very very good bodybuilder. Sergio Olivia. Sergio Olivia was is the myth. Uh, man, it's just uh, it's a complex. See, I know his son, and his son talks about him from a personal mm-hmm. level. I mm-hmm. just know his, so I I know too much. So yeah, it kind of ruins it for me. Cool, Lee Haney. Lee Haney, <laughs> example. Example. Okay, Roly. Roly, man, big kid, my brother. <laughs> Dexter. OG. Greatest of all time. One of the greatest of all time. Really? Yeah, definitely. Wow. Because one of the winners of all time, man. He's one of the most consistent bodybuilders ever. And I give you the last one, Brandy. Phew. Man. I say Brandy was like a a breath of fresh air when I met her. Uh, She's been like, they said, you know, the rib. She's definitely somewhere supporting me all the time, close to me all the time. I wouldn't be able to do this without her because she helps me navigate. Uh, through this through this world, through the business side of it, through the communication. You know, she's just she's definitely by my side and I need her. And I and I value what she does for me because I allow her to, to be strong where she is. So I mean like you wouldn't believe this, but I I'm I uh well you maybe you would. You, if you heard my story you would know. You know, I was at a, a point in my life as, as a high schooler where I, I was I was kind of trying to be that playboy. And I had the audacity the audacity to, you know, say, to challenge, to challenge God in a way to say, you know, if you don't want me to do this, because I was feeling wrong about it, then show me who my wife is. Well, he showed me Brandy. And uh, I met her soon after that in high school. And it took us seven years from there to kind of get, get married, but yeah, it happened. So uh, be careful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be careful when you're asking for that. Cause she just may show up out of nowhere. <laughs> hey, bro, she, she, that's the only, that's the only time. Uh, my mom, when I told my mom about it, she was like, what? She said, what are you telling me this? Because it's the only time I, I'm not, I brought the mama's boy. But when I came and told her that, she was like, what? She remembered it. She remembered it probably better than I did at the time. She was, she, she's the one that told my wife about it. I didn't even tell her. After we got married, she was like, yeah, you know, I knew, I knew you were going to get married to him. Like, everybody knew. Everybody knew. Around me, anyway. That's cool, though. That's yeah. good to, you know, that's, that's great to hear that, you know. Uh, when I see the two of you guys together, you can see the, uh, you know, the uh, chemistry between mm-hmm. the two. It's really unique when you see it. Uh, final thoughts here for you. I know 2020, you've made it very clear. You're excited about next year, crushing it and competing and uh, going for two-time and I know you're about to open up a gym you got coming up in 2020. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, Carbon, Carbon Culture is uh, a new project we're working on. It's uh, a bodybuilder's gym, a uh, true athlete's gym, a strength gym. Uh, you, you know, you have the motto of, you know, you know, we just come here to trying to get our fitness on. Now, we come here to get results. We come here to work hard. So you have, you know, you have trainers on site uh, there to work with you, whether you're strength, whether you're bodybuilding physique, whether you're just an average person. Uh, we'll have... Uh, a glute section for the ladies that you just want to come in and just trash the glutes and not have everybody gawking over them. We even have a posing room or a progress room, as some people call it. So, you know, the trainers can go in and assess. It'll be Arsenal outfitted with all the latest Arsenal equipment. And we just want people to come in and be able to get it done. Our, uh, our bar is going to be crazy. You'll be able to do your own formulations at the bar. But, uh, We'll talk about that later. That's cool. Yeah, so, that's really cool. So if you want to experiment with different things, huh. we'll have clinical doses of of, of different sub, sub supplements, and you can be able to mix and mix mix and match the way you want in the doses that you want. So, and where's the, where's the first one going to be? The first one is going to be in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. 
Uh, we looked to open up one in Nashville as well. And, Franklin, uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Man, I used to date a girl from Franklin, Tennessee. Oh. In the Army. When wow. I was in the Army, we used to go party in Nashville. Oh. I, was, I asked you earlier if you partied in, in the Nashville scene. You said, not really. So, and I talked about Mix Factory. You said, you remember yeah, Mix Factory? I had, I had a short stand of partying before it got old. Yes, in Nashville. We used to go down there. Mix, Mix Factory was one of those places. One of those strange places in Nashville. Strange places. <laughs> Did you go to any other stranger places like a Connections or no? Was it just a... Uh, uh, the mix? Connections, I, I I don't know if I went to Connections when it was Connections. They used to have that NASCAR cafe down there that, that turned into a club. I it, been, it was two different names. There was another place up there called the Underground. It was, it was some places Some crazy there. clubs yeah. over there. Let me yeah. tell you. I mean, I'm from L.A. and I've gone to nice clubs, yeah. but... Nashville was very <laughs> weird. It's even crazier, I think, now. It's I more of a party town yeah. now than it was back then, I think, yeah. so... They, one time they took me to a club, uh, Silverado. Silverado's, Silverado, yeah. Remember Silverado? Silverado's. And I was line dancing. I'm like, a Middle Eastern <laughs> yeah. from Iran. I'm doing, and they had the hard body contest. You know, you'd go there at Silverado's, but it was a different audience than the other places. But anyways, man, hey, first of all, uh, much respect to you for coming out, man, and sitting here and uh, being willing to uh, talk about all these different issues. I really enjoyed this conversation. Felt like a five-minute conversation. We went through a lot of things. And I'm looking forward to you having an incredible year going into 2020. And uh, a lot of the projections you made with folks wanting to come compete to make the brand big again. And I hope Mr. Olympia brand listen to some of the, these ideas and maybe they'll process some of it and come back and say, we got to do something with this. So you know, hopefully, you know, we, you know, we can always, you know, change things through communication. And so hopefully this creates more communication uh, and it'll work out in a, in a favor for everybody. Look forward to it, man. My man, thanks for coming out, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five-star. Write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.